Hello, all my beautiful ladies. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Be Gone, and you're listening to episode 13 of Journey to Zero Waste. I'm so excited to be speaking to you tonight from beautiful Jerusalem. It's nighttime here while I'm recording. Uh, I'm looking at the beautiful moon and uh, my hotel. I don't have such a great view of the city, but uh, I'm looking at this beautiful moon. And I'm thinking what a bracha it is for me to sit here and speak to you from Jerusalem. I live in Haifa and I work oftentimes in other cities. And today I had a client in Jerusalem and tomorrow I have one in Jerusalem. And so I am sleeping here as I often do so that my clients can get the best from me. Um, If you live in Jerusalem, you know how lovely it is here also. Um... Okay, let's get into it. I have a ton of questions here. Um, I'm going to try to get to as many of them as I can. Um, I'm so excited that you keep calling. <laughs> I love hearing from you. Um, I, I, I wish I could talk to you. I wish there was a way. Maybe we could do a live broadcast. Would anybody be interested in that? I can, I can speak to... Uh, I'll carry some bias and see if, uh, see if we can uh, make that happen. Um, as a reminder, anything that I speak about, I'm going to try to put on my website. I made a special page on my website for you guys. It's hidden. No one else can see it. Um, it's uh, at balaganbegone.com forward slash. That's the one with the top part pointing to the right. AK. Um, there I list um, the products that I've spoken about to help you on your journey to zero waste. I list some resources of books um, that have helped me. I um, also listed some websites that I really like um, and I encourage you all to go and visit my website and check it out. Um, I briefly, briefly want to talk about a little project that I think I mentioned last time um, that I'm working on. It's called 2017 and 2017. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it. Anyways, um, it's slow for us. <laughs> As you can probably imagine, I don't have so much clutter in my house. I mean, I have kids, so I have clutter, but, um, we don't have a ton of excess stuff in our house. And so it's really been a challenge for us to, to, to pare down. So far, we're only at around 400 items or something like that. Um, we have a long way to go, <laughs> like 1,700 items left. Um, I think we can do it, and if we can't, I won't be disappointed, but um, I was actually talking to my husband about it, and it was so interesting because my husband um, isn't a particularly cluttered person. He's very clean, so I, I love that about him, but being clean is not necessarily the same thing as being organized. Like. I'm kind of a slob, even though I'm organized. I just, I don't necessarily have the, the desire to clean up something right away. It's okay with me if a dish is in the sink or, you know, uh, if, if I didn't put away my sneakers yet or whatever. I, it doesn't bother me so much. It used to bother me a lot more, but I think because of the kids, it bothers me less. But um, the thing is, is that we were having this discussion the other night. Where I said to him, honey, you know, I really want to reach this goal of 2017 and 2017. I feel like, Baruch Hashem, we have lots of bracha, but I feel like we could let a little more bracha into our life 
but also I feel really weighed down by by a lot of the things that we have and and we were talking and um we've done our bookshelves we managed to get rid of 50 books which uh doesn't sound like a lot but considering what we have left I, I think it's pretty good um we have gone through like small areas like the bathrooms or um my my daughter and I went through all of her clothes I still have to go through my my boys clothes with them we've gone through areas my husband went through I think 99% of his stuff and and cleaned out a lot of stuff actually too um he was great and I clean out my stuff and I I don't have a lot of stuff either I mean but we have like family things so we haven't done the kitchen and uh, we could probably do a little, little bit better in our curio cabinets. Um, but we were talking about the amount of blankets that we have. So in our house, we have uh, two. Uh, how many beds do we have? <laughs> I have to count. Uh, we have, right, eight, is that right? Eight twin beds. Four in the boys' room. Yeah, eight twin beds plus an air mattress, so that's nine. And we have one full-size bed in our guest room. And we were talking about how many blankets we actually needed. And it was kind of like an eye-opening conversation. I mean, I have this conversation with my clients all the time. And my husband and I have sort of felt like, okay, since we don't have a lot of excess clutter, it's okay if we have more blankets than we need, right? But is it okay? I mean, for me, um, why would I need more blankets than what's available for my beds? Like, to lend out to people? It doesn't seem like that's a reasonable uh, thing to do, <laughs> to, to just keep things just so I could lend them out when I can actually donate them to people that need them or recycle the ones that we're really not using anymore. And I just... I don't know. I mean, I felt like it, it was too much. So how much is too much? I want to know what you think how much too, is too much. Um, we ended up finding out that um, comforters-wise, we had two more. We have two more than we need. And we have like a lot of throw blankets that the kids, you know, use when they're on the sofa or, you know, if someone gets cold even while they're even while they're sleeping with the comforter. Um, so, you know, we're, we're working on that number and we're trying to figure out exactly what the perfect number for us is. Um, sometimes when we have like a family sleeping in my boys' room and they have four beds in their room um, and they sleep in the guest room in the, the full-size bed together, um, you know, they each want their own blanket. So maybe we do need the extra blankets. I don't know. So, so, so that's the point. The point is, is that we have to find a number that's comfortable for us. Um, again, having too much is, feels like a bracha, like, oh, Hashem blessed me with so much stuff. And yeah, in a way, it's a bracha that you were able to get all that stuff. But at the same time, the excess stuff really, really for me anyways, I, I can't speak for you guys, so I, I want to hear what you have to say. But for me, and what I see with my clients is just that it, it weighs on them so much that they have all this stuff. And then they end up paying me to help them declutter it like when they move or just stum, whenever. And it's just so, it's so chaval. Oh, is it chaval? Like, 
pick a number, decide what the number is, and, and go on from there. And really, I don't know. So we're going to do that, and um, I'll let you know how that goes. So we're heading for 2017 and 2017. I hope you guys will get on board with this challenge for me with me and my husband and my family. Um, you can go to my website and download uh, sheets uh, where you can check off the boxes and keep like a little tally. I think it will give your kids like immense pleasure. You can give each of your kids a different color marker and every time they discard something they can mark off a box in their color. At the end you can see who discarded the most. Um, that would be actually great. I just thought of that. Um, so I want to go through some of the things that people spoke to me about. Um, Esty called me and said she has a great idea for freezing. Um, she said in order to save space in her freezer, she freezes or her aunt freezes um, things in plastic bags inside of a container. When it's mostly frozen, she removes the container so that she can still stack the, the like soups or whatever, um, but she doesn't have to have so many containers that way. So that's a great idea in terms of storage. Um, and then when she defrosts it, sorry, when she defrosts it, she puts it back in the container so it can, you know, not make a mess all over the place. So, Tove, that's a great idea, actually. But the thing is, is that it's not really uh, zero waste because plastic bags are really hard to recycle. So if you're going to reuse the plastic bags, that's great. But if not, um, I don't know, let's keep thinking of a, of a, better, a better solution. Um, but... Tove, thank you, Esty, for that uh, idea, because even if you're running low on space or containers, it is a good idea. Um, Adina called me about time management. Uh, this is a huge one. So I really, really want to talk about time management, but I want to dedicate a whole episode to time management and, and how we deal with our kids with time management. So Adina, I heard you. I'm listening to you. Um, I'm going to address this in my next um, episode. Um, toys. Toys again. Toys, ladies. Toys. Toys are overtaking our lives. Um, one lady told me, I can't get rid of my toys. What I want to say to you is, these are not, toys are not for you. I mean, if they are, then fine. Keep them. But, um... Get your kids involved in organizing their toys. This is great because it serves a few purposes. First of all, it teaches your kids, gives, teaches them how to organize because they, they need that. They need help um, learning how to organize. Uh, they, can't, they can't do it on themselves, they, they, by themselves. They don't have the cognitive skills. I firmly believe that uh, Organization is a learned skill. I actually was thinking about this today. Um, when I was in the seventh grade uh, at Yeshiva High School of Greater Washington, um, there was a class that we had to take once a week called Study Skills. Now, at the time, I think me and all of my friends, we thought this class was like a massive burden. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't want to take it. Um, we like the teacher, but you know, whatever we didn't, but as I started going through the class, I really, really enjoyed it. And I was like, this is great. I loved setting up my binder for the class. Every week we got like a different section to put in the binder. 
I love like learning how to organize it and I felt like that the organization was so pretty and I, I loved the seder. Like, I just don't know any other word. I don't, order doesn't quite cut it. Order is not really the word for seder, but seder is like order plus um, organization all in one. It just felt clean and sleek and organized. And it wasn't like a fancy notebook. It was red. It wasn't fancy. I probably could... I actually think on that one I didn't actually draw on it because I was so like super into it. Um, but it was great. I mean, I, I learned so much. I learned how to study. I learned how to write shorthand. I learned uh, just great things. And I don't know if they still offer this at my high school or not. Uh, I don't know if they offer it in other high schools or not. But looking back, it was really like a great thing. And I remember also when I was in high school... <laughs> I mean, it was always evident that I was going to go to art school. Um, but the thing is, is that I didn't, I always sort of wanted to be a fashion designer, but I, I loved also, I still love all sorts of design. I'm a sucker for anything that's designed really, really well. And it's really hard for me in my zero waste life to pass up beautifully designed things. But when I was in high school, I had my own room and I remember I had a white iron day bed, like a, an iron back day bed. And I had my, my mother's like hand-me-down furniture from when she was a kid. And it was really beautiful. And it was like a oak or a walnut-y color. And, and it was really pretty. And, but it was a lot of furniture and I didn't need that much furniture because my, my parents as a birthday gift one year had given me a California closet, which is like a you know, a custom design inside built closet with shelves and hanging areas. And that, that was really enough for me. Most of the time, the drawers in my cabinets were empty. Um, and my, and my dressers were empty and I didn't really need them. I did use my desk, but I didn't really use my dressers, at least the insides of them. I used the tops. Um, and I remember I, I used to like move my furniture around all the time. And uh, my mom would come into my room and she would look around and be like, oh, we redo the furniture. And one day I was driving with my dad somewhere. I really don't remember where we were going. Um, and we were listening to a pro program on talk radio and they were talking about, it was a joke. It was a joke, this program. And um, it was so weird because what the person was describing and the joke was totally what I would do. She was explaining how people just randomly move their furniture all the time and I'm like hey I do that and she's like and this disease or this you know uh, serious malady is called CFRD compulsive furniture rearranging disorder and I said look at my dad and I'm like I have that and my dad's like yes you do you have that and I, <laughs> and and I think in my mind organizing my furniture in a matter of speaking or rearranging my furniture was my way of like trying to figure out how I could best maximize the space. Because even in my teenage mind, I didn't have a full grasp of like what it meant to maximize my space. I didn't know how to get there. Even though I, I excelled in geometry and like I was headed for design school and even though I can visualize the reality, like what something would look like, I couldn't actually visualize it until I actually did it. So in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, it's probably not going to work, but I just need to see it to make sure it's not going to work. And 
you know, I would move my bed. I remember, like I told you, I had a day bed and I remember I moved my day bed, um, in front of the door in my closet. And I, you could just open the door to my room like enough to get in and you would have to walk like around the bed. And I did that so that I could have like an area in the back where I could draw and paint that felt like more enclosed and I was going to hang a curtain. And, and then I, I realized this is stupid. It looks terrible. It's so hard to maneuver in here. And, but I needed to see it to, to understand it. And so I think that even for a teenager, Organization is still a developing skill, especially when uh, children have issues. Um, I just want to say I'm not a therapist and I'm not a social worker and I'm, I'm not a... I, that's not me. I'm not qualified to make a diagnosis. But I'll tell you what happens in my house is that my daughter has a learning disability and my oldest son has um, mild ADHD. And what I notice is, is while my daughter is naturally more organized, she does the same thing that I do. She's constantly needing to move around her things and reorganize, if you will, because she needs to know in her mind that there isn't a better system. And we talk about systems and we talk about things. Um, my oldest son, he can't, he can't really do that. <laughs> Uh, he's like, okay, mommy, you set up the system for me and I'll just, you know, deal with it. But he can't even maintain it so well because he just doesn't have the cognitive ability to really, um, I don't know, manage it at this point. It's not a developed enough feature in his brain. And, and the thing is, is that this is not just a thing with kids. Um, it's not just a thing with kids and their organizational skills. It's just, it, it, it is just a thing with kids and their organizational skills, it's, but it's not just the organization. It's that they really lack a, like a cognitive understanding of how, how it all fits together. And it's really something that can be taught. And so when I say to my kid, clean your room, that means nothing to them. They don't know what that means. They can't process that statement. What do you want me to clean? Where do I even start? I'm looking at everything and to me it looks clean. And in their mind, that's true. Because they don't necessarily see the mess or they don't understand how it got that way or they don't know how to deal with it. And they can't. And so when you talk to your kids, you need to be like direct. Hey, your clothes are on the floor. They need to go in the hamper and the Legos need to go in the bin. When you can say that to them, it's easier. Now, obviously, it depends on how old your kids are, um, and you're going to have to talk appropriately to, to, to age, you know, specific ages, but, but the basic principle is the same. You know, to an 11-year-old, you can give a five-step direction. Pick up your clothes, put them in the hamper, put your Legos in the bin, put your shoes in the closet, you know, and sweep the floor. I don't know, whatever it is. To a three-year-old, you have to give one direction at a time. Please put your dirty clothes in the hamper after you, and then when he comes back. Can you please pick up the Legos after he comes back from that? Can you please put your shoes in the closet? And so you have to break down the task for a little kid. But the point is, is you have to give an outline of the tasks because they don't know how to accomplish it. And the same thing is true when I go to a client. When I go to a client, why have they hired me? Because I'm 
they are standing there looking at this mess and they don't know how they got there and they can't manage it and they don't know how to fix the problem and so they call for help or worse when they don't call for help so back to the toys when you get your kids involved in sorting their things and you allow them to sort and you teach them how to sort your toys will be more in check the first time you will probably not get any thing thrown away or very few items but over time it will increase and the process will be easier for them and they'll actually sort of enjoy doing it with you here's some things you can do to lessen the blow of giving away toys you can agree on a place that you want to donate them to so either if you're going to donate them to someplace like goodwill or you can donate them to the playroom at your shul or you can donate them to the uh, nursery school or you can donate them to a hospital or I don't know wherever you want to donate them to but make an agreed-upon place so that your kids know that some kid who's less fortunate is gonna get this the bonus to giving them to the playroom at the shul is that when the kids miss them they can go and play with them too and that's like a really nice that's a really nice thing actually that was something that really helped my kids when we gave things to the playroom at school. So, if you're having trouble with toys, so if the problem is, is that you have, you know, a kid transitioning from, from different ages of toys and maybe that you'll have another baby or, the thing is, is it's, it's a really, it's a really great bracha to have another baby. Um, I feel like if you pass things on or just save a selection of the very, very, very best toys, your child will really not be deprived. I know for me, like when my first was born, um, he was playing with totally age appropriate toys. Um, but then when my second son came along, who's only 21 months younger, he um, was always into toys that were more, not as age appropriate. So like if my older son was playing with the Duplos, even if he was totally not at the stage where he was okay with the Duplos, he would totally be into the Duplos because, uh, you know, the, the Lego blocks because of her babies, because um, that's what his older brother was playing with. And so I think, you know, obviously there will be time for them to play with, with those kind of things. But the thing to remember is, is that um, really save the best, the same as with the clothes, save the very best thing. Now, um, Essie in Jerusalem called me and she said the cleaner costs too much and that's why she uses Chad Pami, but she also said to me, <laughs> uh, Chad Pami is cheaper than a cleaner. Um, Tov, we'll, we'll get you there on the no Chad Pami, uh, um, train line. Uh, but, but she also said to me, um, and, and also Essie in Brooklyn said to me, I got no space. I have, um, I, I have, you know, a lot of kids in a small space, 700 square feet or something like that. Um, and, and I don't, you know, we, we're five people or six people and we don't have enough room and, and we just, we need more space. And, you know, I don't have space for anything. So let's get creative, ladies. If you don't have space for the things that you have. Declutter as much as you can. Take out as much as you can. 
Be honest with yourself when you're decluttering. Ask yourself, do I really need this? Do my kids really need this? Ask your kids. Your kids know what they want. Involve them with the process. I promise you, over time, it will be better if you involve them in the process. It may not seem that way at first, but it is better if you involve them in the process. And so the thing is, is that we have to get creative about how to store our toys. Now, I can't see into all of your homes. I don't know what they look like. I, I don't. <laughs> Everybody has a different situation. Everybody's house is set up differently. I might understand where you're coming from, but I can't get into the, you know, put a shelf here and a cabinet there. I can't do that because I, I can't see your individual homes. So here's what I'm suggesting. Be creative with your space. If you don't have a cupboard, I bet you have a wall where you can hang up some shelves. And if the shell and if the space doesn't belong to you, then you can always patch up the holes when you leave. It's not a chaval to drill into the walls. You could do it. But the point is, is put a shelf up higher up over the ceiling and get a bin and swap the toys out from time to time, which is actually really great for kids because they get bored and this way they're excited and it feels like a new toy. So rotate the toys. That's really a good thing. Place them higher up where they can't reach them and rotate the toys. I used to do that all the time. One week we would use the magnet tiles. The next week we would use the, the Legos and we would just swap them in and out. But, but the ironic thing was, was there were some toys that we would put on the top and when we would rotate them back in, they still wouldn't play with them. And then, and then we knew that those were not the toys that we should be keeping. So, so get creative with the spaces. You, you, you got this. If you have specific questions about your specific place, then I want you to send me an email to Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at balagonbegone.com. And um, Leia sent me a picture, actually, of one shelf, one shelf here. Let me look again. Um, it's actually a few shelves in her, I think it's in her kitchen. Um, it's like a shelf in an in a inside of a cupboard and where she just sort of like made that her dumping grounds for her papers, for, let's see what else is here. Um, I'll look at the more in-depth picture here. Okay, she has a scissors, a brush, some jewelry boxes, what looks like some sort of camera or an MP3 player. Um, she has those uh, to-do files that stack on top of each other and they're like collapsing on top of each other because the weight of her looks like probably phone directories are collapsing it. There's papers everywhere. I mean, there are th things that just don't, don't belong here. So um, the brush, okay, maybe you brush your kid's hair on the way out. Fine. I bet if she took everything out of the space and put it all back, she could have a much more organized space. So I said to her, um, instead of having this uh, sections of um, papers to, to files, get one box where the papers can stand upright because she has a tall enough box to fit in an eight and a half by 11 uh, box that would hold the papers. Um, she has some trays here that look like they're overflowing. I bet half of the stuff in there is actually junk. Um, throw out the junk, ladies. Throw out the junk and then see what you have left. Take it all out of the space and, and, and then piece by piece go through it and put it back. This is how you declutter. With any single place in your home, this is how you declutter. Take it all out, throw out the junk, 
and then decide what you're going to put back and arrange it nicely. Now, the reason why I'm, you know, uh, switching from this topic to the next, from the toys to the pictures is because I want to help you with your individual spaces. I wrote back to Leah and I gave her a bunch of ideas um, for how she could um, fix the space. Um, I want to help you. So send me your pictures. This is, I'm not charging you for this. If you want to do like a full-time coaching with me, by all means, we can do that. I'm happy to do that. Talk to me about that. I want to do that with you. But I want to give you ladies a chizuk to keep going. So send me your problem areas. Send me a before picture. I'll give you some suggestions. And then I want you to send me an after picture. We can do this together. I want you to be organized. I personally believe that the method, the journey to organization begins with reducing your waste. It's evident from what I just said to you. In order to get organized in this specific place that Leia sent me, she needs to go through everything that's here, throw out what she doesn't need, or please, I hope you recycle it, Leia, I hope, um, and then put it back neatly. And the way that you maintain the space, the way that this, the organization becomes sustainable is by being careful about what's coming into your home. So for example, if mail is a problem, I told you last week, catalog choice is a great place to register and, and, and reduce your mail. I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's super easy to do. You just go online and you do it. Now, I know that some of you don't have access to the internet, but it's worthwhile to go to the library or find a friend who has the internet and take care of this because it's important because not only is it bad for the earth, which that's really important to me, but it's cluttering up your house. The catalogs are overflowing. So unless you're going to put a trash bin, well, actually, unless you're going to put a recycling bin, but if you must, put a trash bin right by your mailbox so that it doesn't even come into your house, then please, please, please do the catalog choice like I asked and, and reduce some of the paper coming into your home. When you get, oh my gosh, when you get a piece of mail on it, right, return to sender and drop it back in the mailbox. Send it back. Don't bring it into your house. I used to do that all the time. All the time. They will take you off their mailing list when they get their mail back because they don't want to waste their money sending you mail that they don't want. So, sorry, I got a little bit of a detour there. I want you to please send me your pictures to Rebecca at BalaganBegone.com. That's R-E-B-E-K-A-H at BalaganBegone.com. While you're on my website, you can download the 2017 and 2017 checkoff list. Um, that would be a really great uh, way to get you started um, on helping you reduce because it will give you more incentive. Um, on our next class, I want to talk about time management. Um, so if you guys have questions specifically related to time management, um, please let me know. Um, I want to tell you um, two success stories and zero waste. And I'm, I'm really, really pleased with these. Um, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Hannah from Manchester called me. Hannah, when I heard this, I was super, super proud of you. She told me that her machine is a high-efficiency machine, and she figured out that some of the things that I said were a little extreme to her, and I get that. It's a journey. But she figured out that she, her clothes would get just as clean if she used, like, um, half a capful of detergent instead of the whole cap of detergent because... Um, you know, it's a high efficiency washing machine and the detergent is high efficiency and she doesn't need so much. 
and and so she's using less and she's saving money and she's saving she's saving money because she's not using as much detergent she's saving time because she doesn't have to go to the grocery store when she needs detergent because she doesn't need as much and she's saving the earth because she's using less resources I want to give you one tip in the washing machine ladies this tip is seems crazy I know but I can't even tell you it saves so much money um, especially in America this tip saves a lot of money in Costco you can buy huge jugs of um, distilled white vinegar and it's very cheap like $1.99 for like 120 cups or something like that it's crazy it's a lot of it's a huge bottle and a dollar ninety nine or maybe it's two fifty or something like that. So it's less than five dollars. You can pour the vinegar into your rinse cycle um, in your washing machine and you don't need fabric softener. And the thing is, is it's especially if you live in a place that has hard water, like in Israel, it's really good. I use vinegar in my washing machine in Israel. Um, especially if you live in a place, um, well, it keeps your machine cleaner. Uh, it costs less than regular fabric softener. It doesn't leave a smell like you think that it will. Your clothes won't smell like vinegar when you're done. Um, and it helps keep the machine cleaner, so you need less repairs on the machine. Um, and it's better for the environment. So it's really, that's a great tip, ladies. Vinegar, try it. Um, and let me know how it goes. Um, Hannah also told me that in England, just like how in Israel and in some states in America, they now charge for the plastic bags in the grocery store, um, and so people are already using grocery bags. So um, in Israel, they started charging for them, and people really are starting to use their own bags here. I, I'm shocked. There was a huge outrage, outcry from the people, why do you have to charge for bags? It's so crazy. I can't believe it. But uh, the truth is, is that actually I think using the reusable bags is actually better than taking the grocery bags because I remember like walking up my stairs in New York City in Lower East Side I would walk into the house and like I just maybe came up uh, from the stairwell and like the bag breaks like right outside my door or worse it broke in the stairway and or broke in the street when I was coming up to the stairs and like Wow, that's just heartbreaking when your fruit rolls all over the ground. So I actually think that uh, for me, anyways, it's a huge, um, it's a huge thing to. I mean, it's not a huge thing to bring. It's it's actually more convenient to bring your own bag. Um, Razy called me and said she's implementing, trying to implement implementing zero waste and less waste. Ladies, it's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. I know a lot of the things that I say sound radical. I get that. I get it. I'm listening to you. I hear what you're saying. I know that it's hard. I know that it's a challenge. But you got this. You can do it. You can waste less. You can save money by wasting less. And you can be more organized by wasting less. So, ladies, I've spoken for long enough tonight. I want to wish you all a very organized week. I want you to repeat the mantra to yourself. Hashem keeps me organized. I want you to remember that this is a journey that you can't get organized overnight. It takes time. Even five years later, I'm still having this discussion with my husband. How many blankets do we need? It takes time. It does. You will get this. And if you adopt my methods, you will be able to maintain a clutter-free life because 
when you bring less waste into your home, you have less to maintain. You have less new things to clear. And all you have to do is maintain the old things, and that's much easier. And so, ladies, I bid you an organized time. I bid you success. Much Hatzlocha in your journeys to organization. And please, please, please remember, Hashem keeps me organized always. Have a great day, ladies.